This is the Radically Christian Crosstalk Podcast, episode 13. I'm your host, Wes McAdams, and on today's episode, our special guest, Fred Dominguez, who preaches for the Lord's Church in Pecos, Texas, his son, Sam Dominguez, James Sumners, and I discuss Christianity and ministry in the age of social media. The sponsor of today's episode is Campaign Capitol Hill, which is a grassroots effort by Churches of Christ aimed at raising awareness in the Brotherhood on the fine line between politics and religion, preaching the gospel to our nation's leaders, focusing on repentance and God's standard of morality, and reaching lost souls with the saving grace of Jesus Christ. You can find Campaign Capitol Hill on Facebook at facebook.com slash campaigncapitolhill or on their website at campaigncapitolhill.com. There you'll find more information on how to join the march for God's word. And now let's jump right into our discussion. Because a a lot of people uh, in the church, out of the church, struggle now with, it's even harder now to make relationships with people. It's harder to have relationships with people because we feel so free to not maintain personal contact. And well, we're friends on Facebook. Well, okay, if you're friends on Facebook, does that mean that you actually have a relationship through which you could evangelize someone, through which we could hold each other to account like we've talked about in uh, past podcasts and whatnot? What do we do in this culture where it's harder and harder and, and even less acceptable to try and maintain these personal physical relationships and instead we exchange them for these online relationships and can we actually minister to each other effectively if if that's all we have so many times with social media we distance ourselves from like the we don't think about who actually it's going out to some people have hundreds and hundreds of friends and i don't think i have hundreds of friends i maybe have a hundred friends on facebook and they're all people that i actually know so but you know, we don't think about who is actually going to see what we do. And so it frees us mentally from the consequences of what we're saying and, and who is impacted by it, whether positive or negative. Sometimes we just say stuff and we, we condemn people on Facebook. We say things about people on Facebook and, and they may not be our friend, but their friend may be our friend or whatever. It sounds ridiculous, but, um, <laughs> and so our impact is in a lot of ways greater because of the, a lot of things that we can do. And yet we, we're not thinking about that when we're using these things, we're not thinking about the positive or the negative impacts. We just say stuff. Yeah. Very little intentionality. It's, and, and, it's amazing, like you said, how many people we could potentially reach for good and, you know, have a positive impact in their life. But sometimes we don't think about, like you said, who who are my friends? Who might see this? What impression might I make on them? Is this going to be a positive thing? Is this going to be a God-glorifying thing? Or is it going to end up being a negative thing? And sometimes we don't think about the consequences. I mean, all the way from the teenagers posting pictures of themselves, you know, all the way to mature theoretically Christian adults, you know, that are posting things that are just emotional rants about this, that, or the other, and end up doing more harm than good. There's a, there's an old story, and, and you, you probably have heard it before. It's told in the context of the danger of gossiping, and it's about a, a Jewish rabbi who was being complained against day after day after day by a certain person in his, uh, in his synagogue, and finally, the rabbi called him in and said, I need you to do something for me. He said, you go to your store and get your finest down pillow. 
go up to the mountain outside of uh, town and you tear open your down pillow and scatter the the feathers in the wind. And when you've done that, come back. And so when the man came back, after having done that, he says, now what I want you to do is go and gather up all the feathers. He said, well, I can't do that. They're, they're gone, they're scattered, I don't know where they are. He says, well, that's what happens when you gossip. You have no control over how far that's going to go, and you can't ever bring it back. Mm-hmm. And the anonymity that we have in social media and the, the lack of awareness of the connections that are out there, you have some friends who have some friends who have some friends, and in two or three generations of that, you're talking about total strangers now, and something you said, innocently or not, is out there really thousands and thousands of people away from you, and you have no idea what impact that's going to, to make, whether for good or bad, as mm-hmm. Wes said. And and there's there's that danger that the anonymity allows us to speak beyond what we would if we were face-to-face, but we're not thinking about, how far is this thing going to go before it really blows up on me? Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking earlier today that imagine what it would have been like for Mary and Joseph if they had uh, Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> you know, cause, like, can you imagine that? A man who's asked, uh, who's is by God is asked to take on a burden that is not his own. He knows that he's going to be thought of as a sinner all his life because he he has a wife who had a son that was earlier than it should have been because they weren't quite married yet. And, and can you imagine the how that might have just kind of gone on and on? And well, you know, old Joseph, you know, he, you know, and I'm sure he got that anyway. But can you imagine how? Just think of what that would have been like in a day like that. And, and it goes back to the gossiping. I mean, Facebook makes gossiping so much easier because you can just you can just throw something out there, and then twenty people down the line grab something and throw it back, and just then it just grows, and it it's even worse. See, I I feel that I can speak from a position of uh, moral authority here because I am not on Facebook. So. <laughs> But I, I remember Twitter, I have <laughs> what did you say? Twitter? Yeah. So there goes my moral authority. <laughs> but I remember some time back I referred to Facebook as the uh, communication tool that allows you to make sure you're connected to certain people and ensure other people will never know anything that's happening in your life. Because if they're not on Facebook, they're not going to hear it because you don't talk to them, you don't call them, you don't mm-hmm. see them, you don't share anything with them, even if you do come into daily contact. You know. And that can be extraordinarily frustrating where someone suddenly speaks about something as though you are aware of what's been happening. And well, how was I supposed to know that this was going on? How did I, how was I supposed to know this person was having this struggle? Oh, well, they put it on Facebook. Well, I talked to them yesterday. Why didn't they tell me? Well, because it was on Facebook, I was already supposed to know. Well, and it's such a weird conundrum. It's like, well, no, we know each other. We see each other. We worship together. We have a relationship. Why then don't you use that relationship to share these concerns with me? You know, and it's it's just so strange that we we have these tools, these communication tools that allow us to connect with so many people, and the end result so often is that we no longer connect with anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, it's almost a a virtual reality. I mean, it is almost like we're living in in a in a virtual world where. 
I don't want to have these conversations with you in person because then I have to deal with a real life person if you don't like what I've said or you're going to judge me or whatever. If it if I have this conversation online where I just post something on Facebook and I just vent my frustration or whatever, and I put something there and you comment and I don't like your comment, I could just delete it or I can delete you. I could just delete you out of my world and I'm just unfriended you and now you don't exist in my little virtual reality. And it's like, but in the real world, things don't work that way. You have to deal with people. You have to deal with their emotions. You have to deal with their feelings. You have to be sensitive and careful what you say. But online, we've created this this strange world where we can say and do everything, anything we want to without consequence because we can just delete the people we don't like or unfriend them and, and we don't have to deal with them. Well, how, how does this impact us in in a positive sense as well? You know, be, Because uh, it, at least two of us here, uh, you dad and you Wes, uh, write extensively and put it online. Of course, we record this podcast and right. we put it out there for consumption by anybody who wants to listen. Um. <clears throat> you know, so we have this ability to reach people with the gospel. We have the ability to spread good in ways that otherwise we never could have, because you know, if they never walked in the door, they would never hear that lesson you, you preached and what have you. Now we have the opportunity to share those things. Uh, Dad, you've been recording a, a radio show for years and years and years. So so how how do we ensure that when we're using these these incredible communication tools that we actually use it for positive ministry? That's a good question. We have no control. Well, let me back up. We have limited control on what happens when we put something out for public consumption. Even when Wes and I stand up on a Sunday morning, we have really no control over what happens in the minds and in the hearts of the people who hear that message. We can nail it, you know, 10 out of 10, right down the line, what it ought to be, have every appeal that it ought to be in exactly the right manner. And basically somebody in the back row at the end of the service is going to stand up, yawn, and go on his way as though nothing happened. So in a sense, there, there's, there's a limit to our responsibility in terms of determining what good. As a preacher, what you're doing is you do the best you can, as, as scripturally sound as you can, as pe- uh, compassionately and gently as you ought to, then then the audience has some responsibility to respond to that. Now, the thing about that we're talking about in terms of social media on the negative side is I think that anonymity that we're talking about sometimes allows people to say things they would never say under any other circumstance. They really don't care. They're taking that shot out there and hoping they can, you know, they can blast as many as possible and escape without any consequences. And we, what we're forgetting is there's one person on Facebook all the time, and that's God. <laughs> Just like he's every, you know, he's here in this, within this room with us. Wherever we go, he's with us. And we need to keep reminding ourselves, oh yeah, no one else knows that I did that, but he does. In a way, every single person that takes to social media has become a preacher, you know, and so they ought to take it as seriously. All of us ought to take it as seriously as we do when we step into the pulpit. And hopefully we all, every preacher does take that seriously to say, okay, I want to make sure that I say what needs to be said in the way that it needs to be said in a biblical way and in a way that I'm I'm ensuring for the most part that people are going to take it the right way. And understanding what you just said, that, that 
I'm not responsible if somebody takes it the wrong way or doesn't understand it or just ignores the message, but I need to make sure that what I put out there, I'm putting out there for the glory of God and that I'm doing so in an intentional way. But when we just nonchalantly just post things, it could have greater impact. That's what a lot of Christians don't understand, is what their little Facebook post might have a greater impact than the sermon we spent all week preparing and crafting and preaching on Sunday, uh, they could have more impact with that one social media post, yet they don't think of themselves as a preacher. And they might be a preacher, they just might not be doing it well because they're not doing it intentionally. Uh, it, it, it seems like we, we also have the, uh, the opportunity with these communication tools, with social media, with any type of media in truth, uh, that we can... <clears throat> be doing it for the wrong reasons. We can be sharing whatever message we're sharing. We may think we're doing, you know, sharing the right message or sharing the good news or, or whatever it is that we think that we're doing, but we're doing it for the wrong reason. And a lot of times we see, you know, uh, <laughs> preachers going after each other on social media, condemning each other and uh, trying to trying to convince other people to, to unfriend, you know, so-and-so preacher for what he said and this and that and the other... And, and they have, there's no relationship there. You don't know that person. You've never spoken to that person. You don't know the truth of what you're saying or whatnot. And it, it ends up, we end up taking these communication tools and instead of using them to the glory of God, we use it as some opportunity to kind of prove our own bona fides to a third party, you know, and it, it's kind of like, like public debate where it's, I'm not actually trying to convince you of anything. I'm trying to convince the audience. Mm-hmm. And we we start engaging in things like uh, ad- admonishing each other and trying to correct each other and and do these things that scripturally require a relationship and they require trust they require love between these two people and we say well but he said something wrong so even though i don't have any of these other things that are that are the scriptural foundation for my ability to admonish this brother in christ well i'm just going to ignore all that because i can take a shot at him from over here mm-hmm. you know it's like i've got the range on my weapon so it doesn't matter that i'm supposed to go do this face to face i'm just going to go ahead and take a pot shot at him from here and we we allow ourselves to do things for the wrong reasons just because we have that reach and i think that Anytime we we look at passages of Scripture that talk about disciplining each other and admonishing each other and correcting and rebuking each other, all of that assumes community. It always assumes fellowship in the first place. And when there's not that, well, then then there really is no place for the other. You've got to build that first. But with the social media, now we have the opportunity to see and be in contact with people that we really have no community or fellowship with. And you're right. I mean, we just take every opportunity to tear each other down without ever even trying to build a relationship with them. And and there really is, it's really an upside down world that we're living in. And where are we doing that? We're doing it in public. Where should Christians do that kind of thing? It is not in pu- in public. It is not in a place where people who are not Christians mm-hmm. can look at what we say to each other and say, hey, you guys are hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we're being hypocrites right now. Right now, if we're doing that kind of thing, we are being hypocrites. The things that we, if we're going to interact in that way, if we're going to um, admonish each other, if we're going to encourage each other to uplift each other, to, to do the things that we need to do, it's not something that we do um, publicly before outsiders because 
they won't understand it. They don't understand why we're doing it, and they don't understand why we have the right to say those things or whatever. But something that I always I, this something that's always been in my head, or at least has been for a while, that uh, I mean, you don't air your dirty laundry in front of other people. Um, you, you have dirty laundry. Everybody's got dirty laundry, but I take care of it myself, and I and I take care of it with those who are involved with it. You know, if if I have a problem with Sam, I go to Sam. Um, if, um, cause he's the only person in this room that I'd have a problem with. after the podcast, <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's, that's how we, that's how we deal with things is we do it again, person to person. We do it privately and we don't do now. There may be times when we do it publicly, but still, when is that, when we say publicly in that sense, it would be in the community of the church. Mm-hmm. It's not before the world. Right. Um, even though you may think you've you've hidden what you've said by only allowing your friends to see it, but if your friends see it and then they post it to somebody else, it can get around the world in, you know, 30 seconds. So, And I think that there was a time and a place for, and I think there could still be, although our world has changed so much, back in the day when they would have debates, but, but th- there's a huge difference between having a formal debate where there's a moderator and things are kept in line and there are certain rules to to conduct there's there's a huge difference between those kind of public debates where a, a denominational person and a preacher would come together and discuss various issues but what they were discussing was very laid out uh, there was a moderator to make sure everybody got equal time now it's just a shouting match and there really is no place for that that i mean it would be ridiculous if if we did what we did online in real life, it would be like going out in the back alley and just screaming at each other. And and there's no place for that amongst people that are claiming to be God's people. Um, I, I think that there could be a place for debate. I, I think I wish that we did still have formal debates about things more than we do. Uh, but but the way that we're doing it now, that's not anywhere near a formal debate because it's really easy for me to throw out a comment. And then before you could even respond to that one, I'll throw out another one, and then another one, another one, and you don't have time to respond to any of them. And then before long, it just becomes ad hominem attacks where you're just attacking somebody's character, and it's just, there's no place for it. And that's not godlike. That's not right. godly. That's not the way that we're expected to behave as Christians. It just, it tears us up more than anything else. It's going to destroy our character more than any good or harm it'll probably do to anybody else. It'll harm us. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a basic biblical principle involved here, and what James is talking about in terms of uh, essentially airing our dirty laundry in front of unbelievers. Uh, you know, we all know this: the golden rule. You know, treat people the way you want them to treat you. Not a one of us likes people taking pot shots at us for whatever reason. And uh, on top of which, when Christians get involved in in heated discussions in a public arena. What we've done there is we've we've now we've placed it in front of the unbelievers, and we've said, "What do you guys think?" Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Paul Paul wrote to the the church in Corinth, and he told them, mm-hmm. "You guys are going to court, and you're letting a, a civil judge settle problems that within the body within that congregation you should be able to settle. There should be somebody wise enough to deal with that, and you shouldn't go before the unbelievers." And and uh, Wes kind of hit on something that's really been a, a, a pet of mine for a long, long time. You know, Brother A has an issue with Brother B, but they live 2,000 miles apart. So in the old days, they would write letters back and forth, or they would send doctrinal statements to journals and debate in the journals. Today, they get on Facebook or Twitter and tweet back and forth or, or post things back and forth. And then the whole world 
is party to their personal discussion. And, and I'll tell you, the church is defamed by that. Christ is profaned by that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you've got a problem, Jesus said, you go to that brother. And I think discipline is, for the most part, should be within the confines of a particular congregation. Whatever you're doing here at Baker Heights is your elder's domain. It's not my place to get involved in that from Pecos, Texas. And what we're doing down there is not really your domain because our elders are responsible for that. And uh, social media lets us get our fingers into things that we probably shouldn't be involved in. Mm-hmm. It, it really it allows us to be busybodies, doesn't it? You know, and it, and it's <clears throat> it's interesting think, to think about how many of us will use uh, social media and other communication tools to stick my finger in somebody else's pie because, well, that brother needs correction, that brother needs admonishment, while simultaneously ignoring my responsibility to my brother in my congregation, my brother in my assembly who is part of my church family, and I have a problem with him, but because he's right there, I, I'm not dealing with it like we talked about last time. I'm ignoring my responsibility to there, and it is hindering my worship of God. But by all means, I'll go try and wag my finger at, at the guy who I don't have a relationship with and who is at, at arm's reach because in truth, it makes us able to unburden ourselves of the baggage of relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, and all of this stuff would be so much easier if we didn't have to have relationships with each other. Oh man, holding each other to account would be so much easier if I didn't have to be your friend and brother afterward. <laughs> you know, it would be so much easier if I could just blast you and not worry about whether I hurt your feelings. It would be so much easier if I could just tell you, oh man, you screwed that up so bad <laughs> and, and I got to call you on it mm-hmm. and not have to sit down and eat with you later and work with you later, pray with you later, worship with you later. You know, there's a reason God made the assembly the way he did. There's a reason he called us to assemble together and called us a family and called us his body. We have these responsibilities of relationships and we can't allow the the way these communication tools work to uh, let us think that we're free of that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, this tool allows me to talk to you. And instead of saying, well, that allows me to build a relationship through which at some later point we might be able to do these other spiritual things. Instead, it's, well, now I can do all these other things without building the relationship first. You know, and and we've talked about a lot of negatives, but I mean, for me... I wouldn't be on social media still if it wasn't for all the positives. And really, I've I've experienced far more positives than I have negatives. I know so many brothers in Christ all over the country, all over the world even. Um, I, there's a brother in Christ that I communicate with quite a bit in, in Jamaica, and I'm sure he'll probably listen to this podcast because he listens regularly. And that's so awesome to me. He'll send me pictures and, and video of baptisms in Jamaica. And, you know, I mean, just amazing things to be able to encourage our brethren around the world and I've never met him, but you know, as soon as I meet some of these people that I've corresponded with online, man, I feel like I've known them for years. I mean, we're family, and 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 so we are beginning the 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 seeds of a relationship. It's not it's not as deep as our relationship is because we don't know each other in person. But man, it's been a positive thing, and and I love Sunday afternoons scrolling through my Facebook feed and seeing baptism pictures that people have posted that day from people that have responded during the assembly. And I mean, so there really are so many positive things. And then, you know, with the blog, 
I've gotten to see what God can do through the spreading of his word uh, to people throughout the country and the world. I've seen people become Christians who've emailed me and said, hey, I obey the gospel, and other people that are saying, you know, hey, I'm going to start going back to worship, or I'm going to come back to the Lord's church, or all these things. And just one of those, I mean, just one of those makes it all worthwhile. So there really are so many positive things that I've been really encouraged by with social media, and then just keeping in touch with the people I do know in person throughout the week, you know? there, There's one <clears throat> point there that I think is is important, too. Uh, social media is a tool, and it, and it is a good tool or it's a bad tool based upon how it's being used. And we as Christians, if we are intentional with what we do, can make it a very effective and good tool. Wes's articles and these podcasts are, are excellent examples of a positive impact in social media. But we take responsibility for that mm-hmm. before we send the thing out in, into the stratosphere, you know. And and I think a lot of Christians, what Sam is talking about is they're they're doing things without thinking about it mm-hmm. because they have no responsibility. They're not eyeball to eyeball with somebody. But as Christians, just like a preacher standing up on a Sunday morning, he's got to have something appropriate to say, prepared to say, that glorifies God, honors Him. When we're on our social media we should intentionally seek to do something that's going to build somebody up or encourage somebody or in a positive way spread the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, to what Paul says in Ephesians, he says, let nothing come from your lips that's not uplifting and building up for your brother so that anyone who hears it is built up. Not just the person that you're aiming it to, mm-hmm. but the people who overhear you. That's, that, that's such a brilliant point. Because I was, I was thinking in the back of my mind about how uh, the purpose of us holding each other to account and admonishing each other is not for the benefit of other people. It is supposed to be for the benefit of you and that person. It is supposed to be because I love you so much, I don't want you to continue in wrong, and so I will admonish you, I will help you, I will give instruction, I will visit with you. That's not to be done for the benefit of other people. And oftentimes that's what we we do. We pick somebody who we think is in the wrong and we go after them, not because we love them and want to to help them be right. We want to make an example of them. We want to make an example of them for the benefit of everyone else. And that's not the purpose of our admonishment of each other. But our encouragement is supposed to be that way, can be that way. And so this tool is another way, you know... I know Wes, I see Wes all the time, and yet I still like to publicly, over Twitter, as public as my Twitter is, which is not very, but anyway, you know, I like to to throw out encouragement, and I like to to throw out my appreciation for things that he's done. Uh, I like to do so with with my dad, you know, and it it seems so silly. I'm on social media talking to my dad about how I appreciated his lesson. Well, he's my dad. Why don't I just call my dad? Well, I do sometimes, but... <clears throat> We're not going to talk about how much, but you know, it's, late, it's, late at night when yeah, I'm sleeping. Yeah, my dad's like, <laughs> I should have been asleep an hour ago. <laughs> like, but dad, I'm still jazzed up to talk to you. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's doing that in public is a wonderful thing, and being able to encourage each other and just say, "Hey, I'm thinking about you, praying about you. Hey, I just I appreciate you being there." You know, that is a wonderful format for doing those things. What? But we have to be deliberate about it. We have to be intentional mm-hmm. about those things. I love seeing, on again, on Sunday afternoons, I love seeing where 
members that I don't know them. I know their I know the preacher, and I'll see where a member at that congregation has written on that preacher's Facebook wall, hey, I loved your sermon today. It was so encouraging. I love this point that you made about such and such. And just like, you know, when Sam, you said that about encouraging me, that does encourage me, but it encourages me too when I see mem- other members encouraging their preachers. And I think, wow, what a great use of social media because we're bragging on each other publicly. I mean, and there's so many great benefits to that. And 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 that's how the world should know that we are disciples of Christ is by the way that we love each other. You know, that's, again, what is it that the, that's, what should the world see from us? They should see how we love each other and the things that we do. If they see anything, any problems that we have, what they should do is see how we interact and how we deal with our problems instead of not what is the subject of our problems, not why is it that we're having our problems, but how we deal with it. Because they, we need to show the world what it means to be a Christian. And part of being a Christian isn't just being, well, we're perfect all the time. It's when I have a problem with you, I deal with it with you, not in front of everybody else, but I deal with it because I I care about you. And there's been times where, like you said, I don't mind a healthy discussion, even publicly. I wouldn't mind it if we disagreed about something in here sometime. We hardly ever do. You know, (laughs) when we started this podcast, we thought, you know, there might be some things we disagree about. We haven't yet. Maybe we'll find something we disagree (laughs) about. But I don't mind a public disagreement if it's handled well and with love. In fact, I think that's a positive thing for the world to see. It's like, wow, they disagreed with each other, but they treated each other better than family. I mean, that was amazing. And every now and then, I'll be in a, in the middle of a discussion like that where everybody is handling it so civilly, so lovingly that says, you know what? I don't see it like that. I disagree with you, but I love you. And you know, and everybody can can still be family. That's a wonderful positive thing. Unfortunately, we we don't manifest the fruit of the spirit when we disagree so often, and it, it becomes very evident in our discussions. And it's not it's not really just social media that that brings that out in us because we we have almost lost the ability to disagree. You know, and I love that Chesterton quote, you know, that the point of argument is to disagree in order to agree, right. in order to come to agreement. You know, there we are supposed to be pursuing the truth together. We are supposed to come together to try and analyze God's word so that we can understand it. And the goal is to find the truth together. And every once in a while, if not a majority of the time, we're going to think things differently. I mean, that's that's one of the beautiful things about my relationship with James. We think very differently. And so there will be times where we can talk for an hour only to discover that we're saying the same thing. We're 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 coming at it from the same well, we're we're ending up at the same destination, but we just thought about it differently. And the and you know, sometimes it's really easy to just laugh that off and think, "Oh, well, you know, James just thinks differently than I do and this and that and the other." But then you can actually go back and think about well, why does James think about it that way? And it can enlighten my own thinking, and it can help me to have a broader understanding, not just good enough to know that James got to the same place I did from his own way, but the way he thought about it was from a broader understanding, and it improves my understanding. But we have to be willing to talk that way, and we can only talk that way. Well, we can have discussions like this if we love and trust each other. Mm -hmm. You know, I trust that James isn't going to try and chop me off at the knees I trust that I can have these conversations with my dad. You know, there are so many people who can't talk to their parents about these things, but I can talk to my dad about these things. I can talk to my brothers about these things. I can talk to you guys about these things because we built that relationship of love and trust 
And so we have the God-given ability to come together and discuss things from different points of view that we might disagree about, we might argue about them, but because we're pursuing the truth, not that I'm right, but that all of us come to the right understanding to glorify God, it can all be done in a positive way. And social media can be done that way or not, Mm -hmm. just like it can be done that way or not face-to-face, but so many of us don't want to do it face-to-face either. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't do that without just blowing up at each other and turning it into into a a non-loving discussion, but we need to be able to do that. We need those relationships because you're not going to come to that better understanding of the truth if you can't talk to each other about it. Well, you started off talking about the necessity for relationship and the reason why you and James are able to discuss things from different directions and come to the same point is because you have that relationship. And it occurs to me, when you look at the letters of the New Testament, Paul wrote to people with whom he had relationships. Peter wrote to people that he had a relationship with. I mean, these are letters not to perfect strangers, but to people he already had something in common with and had some commitment to. Even the church in Rome, he he had not been there, but he knew of them and he knew people there, and he had relationships with some of those people. So he sends a letter and he's got credibility, and he's got a reason to be involved, and he's got a motivation to write for the best possible purpose and end because of that relationship. A big thanks to all of our guests and to Cameron McElyea for his help in the production of this show. And thank you to all of our listeners. We hope this discussion inspires you to have these kinds of spiritual discussions with people in your life. If you have a question or a topic you'd like for us to discuss, please call and leave us a short voicemail at 707-238-2216. That's 707-238-2216. Remember, we love you, God loves you, and we hope you have a wonderful day.